0: Does everybody know what time it is? Time to announce Gruntwork's most eligible bachelor. (gasps) Who could it be? It's Gruntwork. Oh. Well, that's disappointing. I forgot we were doing that. Well, I wake up in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep (laughs) breath and I get real high and I say... Uh Because this is Grunt Work, the only home improvement <laughs> podcast that plumps when you cook it. Ooh. <laughs> it, it's good for cookouts. Uh, I'm your host, Truman, the Al Gal Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon, the most interesting man in the world, man, oh, Solano. Oh, well, huh? well look at yeah. little compliment you gave me. I know, hey man, you know, you don't always <laughs> drink beer, but when you do, you prefer Dos Alis. <laughs> okay, that... Compliment to Kenosha. I, I know, I know. It, <laughs> it, it it fell off quickly. You should you shouldn't have thanked me. Uh, so you, <laughs> listeners, may already detect a little change in format this e- week. Eagle-eared listeners, sharp-eared <laughs> listeners with uh, with excellent listening comprehension. Listen, we retired the theme songs on this show. Yes. but when the world requests it, it must come out of retirement. And the world definitely requested what we're <laughs> what we're doing tonight. Um, this is a uh, a live version of our show that, uh the audience what, is just dead silent they yeah. they are having nothing of us i mean there yeah. was a uh true crime murder podcast on the stage oh, before us it was my my least favorite murder <laughs> and so it really didn't get them whipped up in a very good way all these white no, girls no. are not uh not charged uh okay we are not filming before a live studio audience we're but also we not are, filming we but. are recording um warts and all style today uh start to finish you get it all no editing at all Um, (laughs) lucky lucky you and you know i would say that in certain circumstances uh one might say that it was because we were up against the wire and didn't have time to actually edit things um i like to spin it as this is a special uh uh experiment that we're doing You know, I read that the English uh, soul R&B band The Heavy, uh, when they record songs such as How You Like Me Now, the one that was in all those car commercials a few years back, uh, they purposefully leave flaws and mistakes and stuff in the music because they feel like that's truer to the soul, like that's dirtier and grittier. And (laughs) I think that, I mean, everyone has told us that we are like the dirtiest, grittiest English soul band of all time. I don't know about that, but I've definitely been called Heavy before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hot and heavy, basically. <laughs> in, in this apartment, we are both. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we're basically doing that. We're going for maximum authenticity. I also mm-hmm. want to point out that um, the reason that we're up against a wall on uh, the timing with this it is definitely not because I didn't <laughs> tell Landon ahead of time that I had a whole bunch of plans this weekend and we wouldn't be able to record until basically Monday. It's it's all Landon's <laughs> fault. It's one, if you don't like this, blame him. I was a little perfect angel. We are choosing to spin this in a different way uh, in that this is a bit of a celebration for us. I told you that this was going to be a very special episode. Oh my gosh, wait. Is this is this what I think this is? What do you think this is? Is this our 100th episode? This is our 100th episode. Oh my God, Landon, you surprised me. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Oh, Jesus it fucking is, Christ. This is a big milestone. Oh my God. And to celebrate it, we're doing even less editing than normal. We're not doing anything <laughs> we special. We get a little break this week, I guess. Well, um, I, get, well I get a little well, break Well, you get a little week. break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I have to rush against the clock to get this out on time. But yeah, so really, you... Okay yeah I, I, cool i great i feel bad yeah i feel bad about that a hundred uh, fucking yeah if episodes. we were on primetime television in the 90s we would officially be up for syndication uh, we could so basically we could we can quit the podcast anytime now and we're we get that seinfeld money coming oh, in right yeah. away we get that uh honestly we get that two and a half men money that's really what it is <laughs> yeah. It's just like syndicate it in botswana and uh <laughs> and you're done uh has big bang theory outshined that at this point? I think actually yeah, it was on for twelve seasons. I think two and a half men was only eleven Yeah, but I like in terms of how many countries it's being translated oh, to and Probably shown in. probably in yeah, it's probably in more now. Yeah. Feel, that feels like more of a pop culture show than others where I don't know that it would exactly translate, do you think? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the main joke in Two and a half men is, hey, boobs, right? And that's <laughs> universal. Whereas yeah. Whereas jokes about like Star Trek and uh, and Game yeah, of Thrones I and stuff yeah. probably don't translate as it's, well. it's easier too when you are translating something to put in your country's own pop culture references. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can just they can just go ahead and and put in whatever the prominent yeah uh, you know science fiction properties are in Botswana. The one that I always go to is uh, the classic. Uh, Yasujiro Ozu film. Oh, of course. Uh, Floating Weeds. Not his original from the 30s, but his remake <laughs> in 1956, where it was imported to America, and they changed the mention of a very popular Japanese actor from one that I don't remember what it was, but nice th- for the American translation to, to Shiro uh, Mifuni. So wait, so people in America knew who Shiro Mufuni was? Shiro Muf- yeah, he's Seven Samurai. He's oh, like the oh, okay, classic okay. Uh, action hero archetype from Japan. He was in 1941 in Spielberg's. I mean, that's how. Oh, oh uh, yeah. yeah. How, okay. Okay. How yes. he is. Yeah. That was that was his the the height of his career was he being in 1941. Is basically, yeah. yeah, the face of Akira Kurosawa. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a really excellent reference. No, that's, that's totally, I just, you know, for the sake of our 100th episode, I had to balance a mention of Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory with some sort of cultural significance. (laughs) Okay. Uh, then, then true to form with me and doing the thing I do, I recently was able to dig up an episode of the, uh, Spanish version of Cheers online. I mean, (laughs) the, the Spain produced remake of Cheers and, um. My, I think my biggest complaint about it is that the whole thing is in uh, Spanish, and I, I don't speak any language that isn't the one I'm currently speaking, I... but... I seem to remember looking this up uh, a while ago, um, this show, and yeah. I, I can't remember, are they taking, are they writing all new scripts for it, or are they translating the old scripts and having new actors play them? I believe it's all new scripts, because there's like, because, well, A, Coach and Woody are both on the show at the same time, oh, and okay. uh, also, like, there's, the character whose name is Rebecca has blonde hair and is basically Diane, uh, but look, the point <laughs> is, the, 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 the most, the most, like by and large, they like all of the comments beneath it were just Spanish people. My girlfriend translated this for me. That all of the comments, there's people talking about this show is trash, basura, uh, garbage, etc. It's so it's so bad compared to the American version. The American was better. But the one thing that they did, I guess, to like by and large, it seems like the set is very much the same. Carla is still sassy, all of that. The one thing that they seem to have changed about Cheers, that I guess to to fit what spanish audiences expect from a tv show is when norm or Blas, as they call him <laughs> walks in and says afternoon everybody or uh, i guess hola todos uh he comes in and as he walks in and says hola uh, hola todos this sound cue plays it goes do 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 like like on like on a but like on a child xylophone like do 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 he goes afternoon everybody do 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 and then everyone goes Blas! So it goes booop like he has a little <laughs> Theme song fanfare bum, wow. bum, bum, bum. Norm never bum. got that kind of attention No I mean he got he got everyone to yell his name But he never yeah. got the show never felt The need to announce his presence <laughs> like a king So I guess When you syndicate you know when grunt work Gets syndicated yeah. into another country When we do the grunt count it'll go like Blum bum, bum, bum. <laughs> So I don't have to do theme songs by mouth anymore? Uh, no, you will. You'll have to. <laughs> okay, that, that, no, but that's, that's your points on the back end. You get a bonus for Oh, that. awesome. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Fantastic. That uh-huh. means I'm making more than you? Uh, yes, that does. Okay. That does. Uh, hey, look, man, you're running the Patreon. You could be embezzling the fuck out of this right now. I have no idea. Also, you're even keeping track of how many episodes we've done. Shit. I, don't e- I didn't even know this was 100 episodes. My yeah. God. We were so young then. I remember. Our, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Ninety nine episodes ago, we were in our friend, uh, our friend Jonathan's house. Oh, that's right. Yeah, recording there. Uh... Well, we did the first four episodes. Uh, yeah, we did there? a bunch back to back. I remember when we started watching the very first episode of Home Improvement. We were watching it on his PlayStation Four, and we both. Pressed the play button on. Oh my it, god! Did we do we, that we both, shit? No, we like we both like you put either thumb I put my Louise. thumb on top of you. Or, yeah, we yeah. <laughs> no, see, it was that we just as we drove off the cliff, we both pushed the X button with both of our thumbs at the same time. Whose thumb was on the top and who's on bottom? I. I don't know. I want to say <laughs> that information's been lost. Of time, yeah. That's, that <laughs> I, that information is like what uh, Bill Murray whispers to Scarlett Johansson in <laughs> Lost in Translation. It's between me and Landon, only for us. Well, uh, here's to a hundred fantastic episodes. Uh, and, along recording with you, which I I've oh. really appreciated. Well, Landon, I have appreciated it too. This has been this has been one of the more rewarding creative experiences <laughs> uh, of my life. Talking about this show uh, and here's I, to a hundred Four more, hundred and four more. Well, not counting our. Uh... So this is a hundred episodes of Gruntwork, oh, not hundred episodes of Tool Time. what's the show that we watch? <laughs> okay, it would be funny, except that the people on the show constantly make that same mistake in the Bloops reels. So even four episodes, four <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, so we still have the hundredth episode of Home Improvement coming up. But we oh have, you know, we put out bonus content. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're good to our, we're good to our fans. We Does like Home it. Improvement put out bonus episodes? Fuck no, <laughs> not until after it's over. Oh, true. Are we gonna record? Are we gonna do those too? Maybe. Oh Jesus! Listen. Well, oh, God, <laughs> screw it! I'm done. I can't do another hundred of these. Uh, well, that's great. Do, do we wanna? Do we wanna just do a retrospective this week? Since we're already not editing this episode. Clip show, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Boy,
0: I sure do remember that time that Landon and I got lost in oh the my haunted God, a, house. Thought bubble is popping up over Truman's head. <laughs> blim, 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 blim. <laughs> Which one of us is in the hospital bed and, like, all of us are gathering around <laughs> to share our stories? Uh, I'll take that one because I, I feel like I look a little more like Riker. <laughs> Wasn't that a notorious uh, Next Generation episode that people hate? Uh, what, is it? A the, clip like, show when he's in the hospital and uh, I, he might be dying? I didn't know that that was – I didn't know that, that Star Trek did that. I thought lots of cop shows and stuff did that. <laughs> no, I think uh, it was season one or two. I think I'm on season four. Yeah. But I, I put big gaps in between each season that sure. I watch. Uh, but I seem to remember one of the worst-rated Next Generation episodes is a two-parter where Riker is close to dying. And uh, I it might be... Um, oh, my God, what's her name? The the Empath. Oh. oh, it's gonna kill me. We could edit this, but sadly Here we we are. we're unplugged this week. <laughs> anyway, she kind of goes into his memories, and uh, it becomes a clip show in the way of that and oh, people the hate lamest. that oh god i don't think anybody has ever liked a clip show short of the episode of community where they do a clip show of shit that never happened yeah. <laughs> that, that's the only it's which is the great way to do a clip show yeah uh well look this isn't the show where we talk about clip shows and this isn't the show where we talk about the musical cues in spanish cheers although Son i could do an entire podcast about Spanish Cheers. If only I spoke Spanish. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about the TV series Home Improvement. Oh, is that what this is? Yes. I'm your host uh, Truman the uh, uh, Something Man caps. With me is Landon Solano. Anyway, uh, the grunt count this week. Um, yeah. So we watched an episode of Home Improvement. Yeah. Do we want to talk about that? Um. I would like to. Okay. Well, I think let's not let's not keep people waiting any longer. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. You were doing the synopsis this week, right? Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, that was that was you. Yeah, I, I just I'm waiting for my cues. Oh, I'm sorry, Landon. <laughs> Landon is like a synopsis vampire. He has to be <laughs> invited inside to tell me what happened on the episode we just watched. Land- so, Landon, come inside. Tell me. What here did you see? is this week's synopsis brought to us by our Patreon sponsor, Tara. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Tara. When L is named Bachelor of the Year by a popular Detroit magazine, the newfound attention from the opposite sex goes to his head. However, it gets out of control. Uh, Actually, I wrote, it gets out of hand. Ooh. I went against my own notes here. You're out of control (laughs) and out of hand. It gets out of hand when he and Eileen celebrate their 15-month anniversary and women crawl out of the woodwork to give him their number. Eileen gets pissed at Al's flagrant behavior and storms off, leaving only Tim to be the one to talk sense into Al. Yeah, turnabout. It's a real reversal of fortunes. <laughs> uh, that is true. Those are. That's what happens in this week's episode. That's, that's an excellent synopsis. And we will get to what comes of that. Oh, yes. There's, there's the ellipses on the end of that synopsis. But before we do, uh, the ellipses, those three little dots, yeah. they expand like <gasps> marshmallows in a microwave Ooh. until they explode. <laughs> and as the scene falls apart, we're brought to guess that title. Brought to us by Kirstie. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Kirstie. Thank you, Landon. That imagery was just, <laughs> just shook to my core. Um, okay, so I have four options for what the title could be oh, okay, uh okay. One, Casanova Al. Okay. Uh, I mean, big- I'm just going to say it right away. That title, uh, Casanova, it wasn't. <sighs> well, I'm going to go make a casserole... Uh, and eat my feelings. That casserole off the tongue. (laughs) I am not on a casserole with this. Um, and I'm, no, no, no more jokes. I can't edit out my bad jokes and I have to be very selective with them. Uh, Okay. The next two options are one is derivative of the other. Okay. Uh, Al is in Wonderland. Okay. All right. See, Took a second, but it, see? It, yeah, I see it. Do you get it? I got it. Do you get my joke? I do. Okay, you get yes. it. Okay. And I like it. Okay, thank you. It didn't need to be beating me down to admit it. I didn't need to be, I didn't need to beat you over the head with that. No. Okay. Next one. Babes in Borland. Ooh. Yeah. That's I'm going to say it. It's a better title than what we have. That's all I that's the only reason I do this <laughs> is to try and top them. <laughs> What's and your last one? Last one is uh called Love Tool. As in, like, like you know that song? These like, are titles of home improvement episodes, not titles of 1970s rock band songs. But what if they weren't? <laughs> also, is Love Tool from the 70s? Uh, I don't know. I just. I assume I don't it's from know the anything 90s. that actually is called Love Tool. It just sounds like a uh, precursor to, like, 80s hair band songs. Okay, that, that song. <laughs> mm. Oh, I can't edit that. Oh, out. Love Fool love by the, Fool. Cardigans yeah, the Cardigans from that's what I mean. uh, love me, love William Shakespeare's dee, dee, dee. Romeo plus Juliet, which is the place that I first heard that song too. What the hell? Because it's from that soundtrack. It's the it's the scene where where Nurse has, or like wait, I think that's what the lady's name is whatever her assistant like it's her ass <laughs> filling the screen as she rummages in in the refrigerator and then Juliet's like, "Yo, what did Romeo say about me?" <laughs> uh, believe it or not, that actress who I don't know by name. Uh, appears on Home Improvement in a pretty pivotal role <gasps> later in that uh, season. Oh my god, this is Series. so exciting. You really have rain this show. It's, uh... <laughs> I've Rain-Manned movies. Yeah, so... Home improvement just is, you know, orbiting that. You're, you're uh, I mean, is Lawnmower Man the appropriate thing? Or. I actually haven't seen that movie. I, I haven't either so I've thrown it out. Oh. Which is nothing like the movie, but. Okay, so you. So ra- I have you no point of reference. you here. Rain Man literature as well. Uh, what did you think of this episode, Landon? <laughs> oh, um. well, before we go into that, I want to just say what the actual title of this episode is. Oh no, I don't want to know, Landon. I don't want it's like it's like the people demand it. The title of this episode is like what's in the briefcase in the movie Ronan. I don't want to know it's not important <laughs> to the plot of the movie. The the Babes in Borland is in my heart going to be the title of this episode. That's that's our that's our canon. It was actually called Bachelor of the Year. It's not good. Just right on the head. Uh which originally aired on February seventh, nineteen ninety five. Bachelor of the year. <laughs> Perfect. Aired in nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> uh February seventh, nineteen ninety-five. OJ. Directed by Pete Filzinger only. So uh we, we I feel like a sea change is starting to happen. Andy Cadiff yeah. is last week, as we remember, they co-directed. Yeah. And now Pete and, you know, this isn't his first solo direction. Yeah. But did you happen to sense any kind of difference in the 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 feel the look and feel of this? Uh I mean they certainly used uh well I don't know I, I felt like uh that you know new location certainly it felt a little bit choppy in some of the shots in the uh, some of the shots in the restaurant and I felt like the blocking on on Wilson's face could have been a little better and we got a different look at the fence. But no, other than that, like I'm just gonna start listing Very off. Critical things. right out the gate. Well, I I get yeah yeah you know honestly it tanked the entire show. I think that we <laughs> may as well stop the podcast. Um, this episode was also written by Rosalind Moore, who wrote uh, co-wrote last week's episode oh. and many many others that you have enjoyed in the past. So. Yes, you're telling that I have enjoyed personally. What you have said specifically uh, when we go through these deep. Uh, not the deep dives, but the the personal reflections. Oh, yes, the personal reflections. <laughs> it's like our version of Jerry Springer's final thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, I did enjoy it. I did yep. enjoy it. I didn't think it was... It was... Uh, it didn't it didn't knock my socks off. It didn't, uh, it didn't make my eyeballs turn into dollar signs and steam (laughs) shoot out my ears and my tongue, uh, go rolling out of my mouth and all of that. It's a weird Um, conflation of a lot of different cartoons. I know, I know Tex Avery (laughs) rolling over in his grave right now and turning into the Tasmanian devil, I guess. Uh, but you know, I liked it. Um, I, I thought that it was fun to see an, I mean, always was like an Al centric episode and I was like an episode where Tim has to be the bigger man yeah, and I had a note in here yeah. uh that we'll get to in the deep dive where I thought the episode was heading in one direction and uh um, luckily said it was Justin Bieber. <laughs> luckily didn't end up having to be that and I was happy for that. Yeah. But ultimately felt like it could have been a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like they could have milked the, the farcical nature of it a bit more yeah, than I, they did. I think they could have done that. It was weird. There was a weird moment at the end where I felt like they were setting up for something that didn't happen, and there was, I think, a big missed opportunity at the end oh, that didn't I, happen. I don't know. I don't I think, know what you could be referring to. So I look forward to finding that out. You know, uh, guys, we're just foreshadowing the rest of the episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So overall, good, but not. You know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like I'll remember this one. By the end of the season, by 100 episodes from now, we will not remember this episode. <laughs> uh, Think of all the the 99 episodes leading up to this that we haven't remembered. God, well, I, I feel like you've remembered the title of every single one of them, <laughs> or in your head they're all just. It's been we've watched bubble bubble toil and trouble 99 times. <laughs> you know, this episode actually mirrors talking about older episodes mirrors overactive glance. Uh, yes, in an interesting way. It do. Yeah, uh, in a way that it, there's even jokes in here that have been recycled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, global warming. There's only one (laughs) Earth. Uh, I do find it more interesting when Al is put in the situation than Tim. Yeah. Um, But I would rather see Tim get to come up than Al. Always. (laughs) Always. Always. Yes. Should we go into the deep dive here? Yeah, let's do it. Unless you just want me to criticize the direction for like another 20 minutes. Uh, No, but we can debate over whether or not we are diving or digging or flying or scooping or any other uh, method of... (laughs) Pulling out information. Hey, dude, let's just get on the let's just get on the deep dive bus and uh, ride it until our uh, destination, which is the end of the show. <laughs> okay, sounds good. And it's not the express. <laughs> we are making a lot of stops along the way. <laughs> we start on tool time, where the grunt creep is helping put out a fire. He's just wafting a blanket at it. Just, yeah. just, just wafting a blanket at it you know <laughs> kind of like in the Hudsucker proxy when the oh, uh, secretary God. passes out when she sees the blue letter and then the other secretary is wafting a blanket at it oh man the Hudsucker proxy is my calendars I know it's really yeah you talk about calendars <laughs> in the episode I just find ways to tie things back to Hudsucker proxy uh, yeah but uh, a uh, Tim had been trying to show what happens when you overcharge a car battery yep. on set and the car battery is still smoldering but certainly show- it it inflates a little bit yeah. I was I, I was unaware of that yeah it bulges up well I don't something I, I learned from the show yeah yeah Landon. if we want to take the show where people shrink themselves down to four <laughs> inches tall and run around inside a car seriously <laughs> and then yeah that's a thing that can happen to yeah. Your engine uh but yeah he, he, um, he you know he's trying to trying to put out the rest of the fire on this as the uh you know now the show the show is over and people are, are filtering out and then heidi comes in mm-hmm. with some Big news, which is not going to yeah. be surprising to you if you've heard the last twenty minutes of our podcast. Well, you know what was surprising to me. What was surprising to you that uh, there is a different magazine dedicated to Detroit that yeah. isn't Detroit Magazine. I was wondering, yeah, like Inside Detroit Magazine. This one is called uh, Detroit Life Magazine. Yeah, why? Which would... must be Inside Detroit Magazine's competitor. Yeah, they're they're are bitter rival. Like it would make so much more sense for it to be Inside Detroit, and so Jill could have had some yeah. hand in this. Well, although if Inside Detroit Magazine was doing a Bachelor of the Year uh, issue. There would be a conflict of interest because Jill was working at Inside Detroit Magazine when she was working with Cheryl, who introduced uh, Jill to Eileen, who introduced to Elle. Yeah. So there is a a sort of uh, a bias for Elle at Inside Detroit, and I think they they smartly avoided a scandal uh, yeah i know L- you know people take the uh, people take the 10 most eligible bachelors very seriously <laughs> it would have sparked an investigation and to speak of this you know for the rest of this episode i don't even think think they they mention it verbally but we do heidi holds up the magazine when she goes guess who you know someone on this uh, on this show, got mentioned as one of the most eligible bachelors in Detroit. Yeah, and uh, they, you know, Tim and Al start going. Al, that's a great reaction. He's like, yeah. "Is it Marv? I bet it's Marv. I've always found Marv to be really attractive." <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and Tim, of course, makes his, uh, uh you know, his own joke about it. I can't remember who he mentions, but I, I, we just tune out. We just tune yeah, out. The, I do tune, tune out jokes. a lot of, yeah. a lot of him, but um. So she goes, no, 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 and then holds up the actual article where we see, you know, an old promo picture of uh, Richard Karn, and uh, it says, number nine. Yeah. They never call that fact out. In fact, later, they do mention that he is Bachelor of the Year, but he is number nine in a ranked list of ten. Yeah, that's – I mean, I guess that's – not i don't know you just wonder like if he's getting this degree of attention at number nine the person at number one it must be like Beatlemania, basically (laughs) or the opening credits to an austin powers movie uh i can't imagine who the other eight would be that are above him who else is from detroit even like well who was from detroit in 1995 i mean because eminem was after this kid rock was after this Oh, God, I would hope Kid Rock isn't one. Of, maybe that's what that's what his Summertime in Northern Michigan song is all about, <laughs> is being the most eligible bachelor in Detroit. J.K. Simmons, but uh, he was still, you know, minor character actor status at this he, he, point. He was still just trying to get pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, Madonna, but she wouldn't have been a bachelor. I mean, she was going through an androgynous phase at that point. You know, she was marketing herself. Ugh. Whatever the whatever the you know look whatever the 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 yeah. uh, you know I'm just gonna keep stammering and because knowing that I can't edit this out I'm just gonna keep <laughs> uh, trying to run number nine Mister Fix It yes is the, uh, the moniker that they gave to him. That's good. Yeah, and they uh, they mention so like the, Tim is reading the write up and he's and and is very upset that basically anybody is saying anything nice about Al. Of course, at one point he says his big beaming smile matches his big beaming behind. <laughs> Al says it doesn't say that, and Tim says it should, which. To me, sounds almost like a backdoor, show, so to speak, compliment <laughs> to Al saying that, that you know, he, he thick and, uh, <laughs> and that his behind lights up a room. Yeah, but you have to remember, this is in the, the era, the epoch, if you will, of Jane Fonda fitness videos where, uh, you know, Baby Got Back was only popular with a certain sect, uh, as they mentioned in that song. Those those uh, rappers' girlfriends, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it certainly, thick wasn't a, a aspiration at the time. Back then, they were still spelling it with a K. Those <laughs> those rubes. Um, he does uh, Al does go on to read a little bit of it and says, uh, <laughs> a "Quote: I really liked." Uh, he provides a much needed antidote to the overblown macho displays of Tim Taylor. <laughs> and and yeah, the the accident prone host Tim Taylor. And Tim says <laughs> I'm not accident prone and then he proceeds to pick up the smoldering battery with his hands and yell, "Yeah!" while still holding the battery and not <laughs> dropping it, which is next level Tim. Yes. Uh this takes us into the theme song. Yes. And uh just kind of extending my thoughts last week about yeah. uh, the interdimensional uh, time travelers that the tailors might be. Yes. Um, I've been waiting to discuss this. The fact that they, uh, we have different um, uh, backdrops for you know last season yeah. we had one, the very first season we had one. So mm-hmm. we're on our third one now? I think so, yes. Because we had one that did season one, and then season two, was, uh, two and three yeah. were a different one, and now yeah. we're on our third one. I think so, yeah. Uh, this sounds very much to me like uh traveling the Spider Verse. Oh, okay, okay. So now, we might... now, what you're saying is interesting. <laughs> so we might be entering what's called the Taylor Verse. So there's a black and white uh Taylor Verse where where Nicholas Cage is Tim yeah, Taylor. That's I what Brad was that. watching on the TV. Oh my God, you're right. That's what he turns <laughs> off in that early episode. Oh wow, <laughs> in those early yeah uh so then there's a then there's a cartoon Tim Taylor universe where Spider ham lives well we've seen the the dummy okay yeah wow we're really I think these all fit and there's one that's like Japanese anime still waiting on that well that's probably Godzilla <laughs> that's that's a lot of that's a lot of complicated stuff that's a lot of complicated stuff yes oh God uh okay that's that's solid I'm still on board with this man. okay into the Taylor verse <laughs> although uh, the grunt creep helping put out the car battery. Kind of suggests that he's not a bounty hunter, so uh, he he seems like maybe he's like to the Adams family the thing, yeah, you know, just the hand running around. Maybe the grunt creep is actually you know their pet, yeah, basically, yeah, he's like their uh just a just a manifestation of Tim's pure ego that just (laughs) runs around and has has run of the show exactly. Uh, the theme song takes us into the living room where Tim is well, Randy's watching TV in the background. Tim is helping Mark with his homework. Yeah. Uh, it's a math question about this person leaves this city at this time driving trains, this car yeah. Or, or, or yeah it don't, trains or cars? I don't it, know. It's, it's cars but it's like driving this fast this person's driving this fast you are talking vehicles meet? and math I checked out exactly and Tim <laughs> has checked in to say like trying to help with the problem It's like well what car are they driving well it doesn't say well you know what kind of engine have they got etc etc
1: <laughs> and
0: Randy then just from the couch just answers the question effortlessly and Tim just goes no oh, well I, I shouldn't be hoping, helping you with your homework anyway and mark just goes yeah, you aren't. <laughs> uh, I love it. And then Mark reveals his next assignment, which is to write an essay about the most interesting person he knows. I got a little sweaty about this because uh, I because thought, of this apartment, or uh, well, partly. Uh, but the the other twenty percent of my sweat was coming from. Ooh, I hope he doesn't pick Tim uh, oh, God, when he's... Wilson's outside. This was a big disappointment for this episode for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I you gave an audible groan in a, a later scene, but um in my mind I'm thinking, okay, he announces most interesting person essay. He's gonna pick Tim cause he's a daddy's boy. He's just like you know, Mark is he, a He dressed up as his father for Halloween. <laughs> he also dressed up as Al last Halloween. But so he there, was up as was like, Halloween. <laughs> there was part of me that was like his oh, father for Halloween. There was part of me that's like, maybe he'll pick Al. This is an Al centric episode, maybe that's gonna be the thing uh luckily he says you know what i'm gonna do it on on wilson and and tim is incensed by this and he's saying like well wh- what interesting stuff does he know and and randy says maybe he can talk about his dinner with einstein <laughs> this is news seems weird <laughs> that, that for four seats like that all all it took us this long to find out that 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 wilson had dinner with the preeminent like scientific genius mind of our time i also want to look examine for a second the the timeline of that how old would have would Wilson have been, assuming he's what? Let's be ge- let's be generous and say sixty. Yeah, sixty years old. Einstein died in the fifties. Okay, right. So that would believe that forty years. So he so would have been like while he was in school. Is the movie IQ <laughs> actually about Wilson as a kid? Is that is John Cusack no. playing Wilson? interesting and walter walter Matthau is still playing einstein tony Shaloub is in the mix just this is gonna, sh- we're, gonna it up. we're gonna have to uh i just saw a frazier episode with tony Shaloub. yeah the focus group oh yeah i think he is a smarty pants yeah i love that <laughs> um we're gonna have to look into that okay because that's a that's an interesting an interesting great theory. we're just adding another movie to watch <laughs> um so anyway so uh you know but tim even hearing this that, that his neighbor had dinner with Einstein, still insists that he's the person who uh, who Mark should write about. Yeah. And to then, the point where or Jill and Brad yeah, walk yeah. in, and Tim goes, Hey, Brad, who's the most interesting person you know? And Will, <laughs> Brad just goes, Wilson. Yeah. And then as Mark is walking out of the room, Tim goes, You should write the story about me. Because yeah. it's is like, in the face of everyone telling you different, and the fact that your neighbor had dinner with Einstein, you have the audacity to just blatantly state you should write this story about me. Yeah. Not yeah. not a suggestion like, hey, you know, you should consider writing this about me. No, just, you should write this about me. I, I can kind of see it as being motivated by where his head is at in this episode, though. I mean, Al is already getting a lot of attention. And okay. you know it's difficult for for Tim when anybody else gets attention. So, uh, you know, maybe, it's, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's just coming from that. Maybe on any other day, he would encourage him to talk about, talk to Wilson. Uh, so anyway, Jill is, Jill's got the magazine article about Al. She doesn't seem upset that it's coming, that, that, she got scooped her old paper got scooped by a competitor about how sexy al is but she says i can see how some women could find al sexy sexiness yeah. is something that comes from inside it's something you exude she says that she wears a flannel vest uh, uh she's mirroring him she's like <laughs> you know borland fever has swept detroit <laughs> thousands have been quarantined <laughs> which i have a question about we'll get to in the next scene but um yeah, Jill tries to explain to Tim that sexiness isn't exactly Tim's masculine idea of what sexy is. Yeah. Basically outlining that women and men have different ideas about what's sexy. Yeah, yes. Surprise, surprise. A a novel uh a novel approach for this show suggesting that men and women see things differently. <laughs> uh very little comedy uh has touched on that. I know. Um and then that takes us to tool time. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, God. We have a lot of grunt work to oh do Oh, God. Here. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of guests in this. So, okay. Um, here's here's what we're going to do. I'm going to leave this in because we can't edit this out. Yep. We're yep. going to... I'm going to push Corn Corner to a little bit later. Okay. And we're going to go... Since we have so many character actors... Yeah. Uh, we're going to do them all in one big corner. Just blast them. But... Um, since this is the last episode of the month, and next month, all of our sponsors will be put back into the, the thing to be recycled, and the, the, et cetera, et cetera. The, Yeah, the, the sponsor compactor. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to do a lightning round of Patreon sponsors sponsoring these character actors. Perfect. Okay. Great. Love it. Uh, before we get in, let's give the context of where these character actors come from. Yes. So we go to tool time. They all come from their mothers. And <laughs> They uh, are born when the mommy and the daddy. I'm sorry. Uh- <laughs> uh, Heidi. Yes. Who I... I I've grown... We haven't seen much of her. She hasn't been given any stories. right yeah, she's yet, mainly but just introducing the show. Won me over. I, there's something about her attitude. I just really respond to. I tell you what, it was in this in this time when she introduces the show. She's looking straight into the camera, right at you, and oh. it's like she's talking to you. It's like Franklin she's Delano Roosevelt doing a fireside chat, feeding back everything that Brad stole from me those two seasons. Exactly, and she's <laughs> and she's giving you all of the same weird uh, sexual thoughts that she was giving Brad uh, in that episode when he was co-hosting. <laughs> um, so she starts the show as everybody know what time it is tim and al come on out yeah and they come out and uh tim introduces himself and then he is trying to do a jokey introduction about al but as soon as he mentions his name all these women in the audience uh holding big heart-shaped signs and everything start cheering and screaming and whooping and (laughs) yelling uh like a college bar full of sorority girls when sweet home alabama comes on yes Uh, you know what i just made a executive decision right now starring kurt russell yes we're we're going to send... Steven com- Seagal. We're going to send commandos up into the uh, 747 <laughs> using a stealth uh, bomber? Exactly. We're going to be like Halle Berry. We're going to sneak up through the dumbwaiter and spy on a bunch of uh, terrorists. Yeah. Saying their plans. Perfect. Well, okay. Is that what happens in that movie? I don't know. I did not remember <laughs> Halle Berry being in that movie, actually. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm sorry. I'm just so One fixated of on Roles. Kurt Russell. Uh, so... I'm going to... I made it, the executive decision. We're going to do car and corner now. Okay. And I'm going to push character actor corner until the following scene so that we can get all the character actors in at the same time. All these changes are making my head I stand. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Usually we can edit this out, but we're live from New York. Nope. Not at all. No, nope, We are not ready for primetime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, we're, we were on tool time, right? Yes, we were on tool time. Okay, so uh, all of a sudden, a hammer off of that backboard ah. flings and flies at the screen and oh, no. cracks it, smashes it and shatters all the glass, falls into the void. Gotta sweep this up. And a broom comes in oh, to sweep it away. And tucked Osha. away in that little uh, mess that the broom is sweeping is a little a little thing we like to call Carn Corner. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brought to us by uh, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. We salute you. <laughs> I posed a question. So I posed a couple questions to Richard Karn. And, you know, he's a busy man. Can't get to them all. So not hurt. I don't have any uh, feedback. I don't have any um, verification over Star Trek and Everybody stuff like that. Everybody He did answer this one. <gasps> oh, that's good. I wanted a follow-up from last week. Yeah. Uh, which we I pulled that quote about Steely Dan for you. Yeah. Days. And so I said, uh, this is me talking to Richard Karn. Yeah. You are in a Steely Dan cover band in pen 15, but if you were to start a cover band in real life, what band would you cover? I hope he just doubles down on Steely Dan. <laughs> uh he said only the name of the band, no emojis, nothing. Do you want to do you want to venture a guess? You don't have to. Uh I'm going to say Guar. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of stories about Guar. We're pressed for time and we're live, so I'm not going to go into them now, but remind me later. I have gore stories. You have have lots of gore stories on Memorial Day? (laughs) I do. Megorial Day? He picked Jethro Tull. All right. He's got that locomotive (laughs) breath going, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, uh, Aqualung. Those are the only two songs I know. I I, I, I I stole both references from you, so now you're (laughs) high and dry. Uh, And I actually prefer locomotive breath yeah yeah I, I think it's i think it's better it just it just cooks you know yeah uh i don't know the lyrics to aqualung uh i know all I, I know every time i think about on a park bench all i hear when i think of the lyrics of that is this is how this song goes <laughs> <laughs> well and you know one other lyric hey aqualung yeah yeah but I, to be perfectly honest, until this moment, until you verified that for me, I don't know that I could have said with 100% authenticity that that was an actual lyric or something that's just spoken in Anchorman. No, no, no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that would be a total Will Ferrell random moment. Yeah. No, uh, my the, the whenever I hear Aqualong, I always think of the Thirty Rock episode where Jack uh, has his guitar out and is jamming with Pete <laughs> and uh, and uh, Liz, and he's playing Aqualong, and he goes sitting on a park bench. All I know is park bench. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Jethro Toll. Jethro Toll. Uh, my hat goes off to you, Richard Carn. That's, yeah. a, that's a solid choice of a band to be in a cover band. One of the the few bands that, that bust out that rock flute. Yes, I know. Or Yes Flute, if we're going to go full Anchorman basic Becky. <laughs> uh, the only one I can think of is um, Hocus Pocus mm. by Focus. Or flip it, reverse it. I can't remember which is the title, which is the band. Yeah. I think it's Focus by Hocus Pocus. It's the song that they used in Baby Driver for the big shootout. Oh, okay. okay. And I was – it's a song that someone turned me on to, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. And I'm like, what is this song? It's a complete instrumental with just, like, the most rockiest jazz rock flute in the world. (laughs) Well, there's not a lot of competition for that, so it's not hard to claim (laughs) the title. Um, And so then by the time – because in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, this has to be used in a movie someday. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, concocted a million scenarios in which – didn't end up in screenplays i never wrote <laughs> and uh finally saw it in edgar wright's uh baby driver and i'm like yes nah, thank you and it's gorgeous. i don't have to write those screenplays and it's uh the whole the shootout is like oh, every bullet get like choreographed yes. to the drum exactly. stuff. yeah I loved it so much uh sound design um okay so we are taking a step backwards and shutting the door <laughs> Weird noise. Weird noise. That would 100% get edited out, but here, here we are. Uh, and that was Car Corner for this episode. So, uh, audience full of women who are enamored of Al. They are Al-namored of Al. Uh, they're trying to do the show. Women keep jumping in to yell out, I love yep. you, Al, etc. Tim goes, okay, hey, today we're talking about French doors, and a woman yells, we want to talk about Al! <laughs> and uh, Tim says, well, French doors and Al have a lot in common. They're both things I like to slam. <laughs> Which, Which, isn't that yeah, different slang nowadays? I think, yeah, nowadays? Yeah, I think that, that, that bit hasn't aged so well. <laughs> Although, many of these women would also like to slam Al. <laughs> Honestly, I wish that uh, one of the women in the audience had just gone like, Us too! <laughs> uh, so, here's a question I have that I think is answered later in the episode. But, for the sake of chronology, this is what I wrote. Uh, where were all these women before the article? Ah, seriously, yeah. I mean, if if this was leading to his, you know, Bachelor of the Year status... Like, shouldn't they have been populating the audience much more uh, leading up to it? I mean, I guess that they just... This is before the internet, so women didn't really know. Like, th- there there wasn't like r slash beefcakes or wherever women go to find <laughs> sexy dudes. I'm just gonna say it. I th- just assume th- women go on Reddit to find just, men. They're just a bunch of star fuckers. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's all, it's all it's all about fame. And I say that knowing that someone near and dear to my heart is in the audience that we'll get to in character actor corner. Really? Yes. Someone who loves to fuck stars. <laughs> well is it Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> uh, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, so my note for this scene as Al is trying to field all of these questions and uh woos from the audience. Yeah. Uh where Tim only seems interested in doing the projects on tool time yep. when it is to distract from anything that isn't about him. Yes. Yeah. That's true. This is the most on task that we've seen Tim possibly ever yeah. to the point that, to the point that Tim is, yeah, uh, uh, Tim, much like Barry Gibb, is insistent that this is a no-nonsense show <laughs> and he wants to get right down to it. Uh, and yes. then, and then also the second that, you know, Al is repeatedly stepping away to answer questions or trying to like set up a, a door and window frame and Al steps away from where he's holding it to answer Roman's question and the entire frame falls over, Buster Keaton style. Yeah, yeah, and and smashes on the ground. And it's like, wow, Al even broke something this time, and now Tim is upset about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, you know, it's it's really unfortunate. That's the end of the scene, and I didn't get to use this note I wrote. Oh well, well we can use use your note, bro. Okay. My favorite kind of door. Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Women are asking Al what kind of doors he would want in the house of a woman who he gets married to. And he is saying, I like French doors, revolving doors, sliding doors, garage doors, etc. I was kind of expecting a The Doors joke in there at some point. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the... Nope. No, hold on. That's the end. I forgot ah. the emphasis. Ah, there you go. There <laughs> you go. It's important for jokes. Uh, uh anyway, the scene falls apart just like that riff. We're just breaking on through to the other side of this uh of this uh, segment of the show. Uh and we transition to uh dinner in the restaurant yes. for a double date that Alan and Eileen are having for their 15 month anniversary with yeah. Tim and Jill. Yeah. Everybody's uh, everybody's drinking some some red wine and uh you know, talk. There's a little bit of funny business here that they don't really draw attention to much where nobody will cheers Tim. Yeah, oh, it's just yeah. kind of this weird thing that's happening in the background. Yeah, like, it really like cracked me up. Alan Eileen cheers and they cheers <laughs> Jill and Tim is just like holding his wine out trying to cheer somebody but nobody wants yeah, to. Yeah, no one, they didn't really draw attention to it. I liked it. Uh, another bit of funny business that comes up momentarily is that Tim just really wants some pork in this episode. <laughs> uh, in every episode, let's be honest, he's just not so vocal about it. Yeah, either. true. It's He's speaking up. <laughs> up for himself here but so uh the lady waitress comes up she says hi i'm whatever my name is i'll be your uh, waitress tonight speaking only to al yes and she and then in the middle of it she says i'm single i'm looking for a relationship and i like long walks on the beach <laughs> Does, is that true that's everyone's go-to i don't think a lot of people like Long walks on the beach, I mean, also when you live in Michigan. Detroit, <laughs> right, yeah. In Detroit, too. Yeah, like... Long... I mean, there are nice beaches over on the Michigan Lake Michigan side of uh, the state. Okay, so, y- you know, you have to... It, I like long drives to long walks on the beach. <laughs> or I, maybe it's a long walk to the beach. I like... Okay, that is a very long walk. That's like <laughs> a, That's like a hike. I like long walks... But long walks on the beach, walking on sand is garbage. Yeah, that is the Agreed. worst. I hate that shit. I would like to walk near a beach. Yeah, I'd like. I like long walks with a view of water, but not necessarily on a beach. There's actually down in uh, the South Bay, yeah, uh, the Hermosa Beach, yeah. uh, Redondo area. Yeah, uh, if you want to look it up on a map, listeners. Of California. They have the strand where there's uh, kind of a bike path. Oh, yeah. And uh, it goes parallel to the beach. You could see the water, you could see the sand, and it's separated from the street. I love walking that because it's concrete, it's flat. Yeah. And uh, that's the end of that. Landon, do, do you want to just go right now? I don't think they'll notice. <laughs> especially because this is live yeah we'll just take it we'll, then we'll just go on the road with it roadshow <laughs> style uh so they ask for you know she says i'm single looking for a relationship like long walks on the beach tim says uh i'm here i'm hungry i want pork <laughs> and uh but what what uh this lady recommends to when al asks like what have you got tonight or what's yeah. good she says i recommend the oysters the raw oysters yeah the raw Which oysters they're fresh. I shucked them myself. And I like that they left this on the table, that uh, the oysters are an aphrodisiac. Yeah. I I don't understand why oysters are considered an aphrodisiac, because there is nothing less sexy looking <laughs> or smelling <laughs> I, than an oyster. I mean, okay, listen. Guys, this is explicit warning content. I'm just going to be very blunt here, and I, I'm taking a risk because this is alive, but oysters are very vaginal looking i guess but that i mean (laughs) but i guess i don't look at food and then just go like that food is making me horny (laughs) (laughs) well also i mean i I think i've had oysters maybe twice in my life yeah um before i went vegetarian yeah and um for for a meat food they're not great like yeah (laughs) Yeah, well a friend of mine used to be uh uh work in a kitchen and Mm she you know like to experiment with that sort of stuff so I, I was always happy to just receive whatever food she was giving yeah she made oysters one time and they were fantastic and, yeah you know, this buttery oil stuff Ooh. and i'm wondering if um there's also like a chemical thing that happens i mean is that where the aphrodisiac part you know kind of like na- nature's viagra <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean i don't i don't know i really i don't think that there could look i've eaten oysters a number of times in my life it didn't make me super horny. Like, I, I have to... I'm sorry, guys. Maybe, maybe it's just TMI. Or did you also eat something that counterbalanced the horniness? Oh, yes. You know, it tur- it turns out that... Well, the, the ultimate boner killer food is, uh, of course, burritos. And I eat lots of burritos. Because after you eat a burrito, you don't want to do anything. <laughs> That's very true. Um, okay, so... Uh... Anyway, this is a sex talk. I a sexy so. food talk with Truman and Landon. Um, I was just trying to find context for my next note, which is flagrant flannel flocker oh yes because uh because women have been flocking to his flannel uh oh yes self all all week long eileen is recounting this with a smile right and tim is being extra um uh uppity about this because the waitress leaves he's hungry she pays attention to no one else at the table yeah um and then a woman comes up to ask for al's autograph leaves uh her number behind yes um oh like, Eileen starts telling a story about work, and there's a woman waving to Al in the background, and yep. Al waves back. And he, when she calls him on it, she, uh, Al goes, well, I feel like I have a responsibility to my public. That does not go over well. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> and this is where, is this where uh, Eileen and Jill get up to go to the bathroom? Yeah, uh, more or less, yeah. They, they exchange some words, and then Eileen just gets up and storms and off. And this is where I leave my note, where it's like... Oh, this is where I thought the episode was going in a direction that I was like, oh, no, this is bad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, boy, leave it to Tim to have to teach a lesson. Yeah. And I'm like, please, almighty God, let there be another way out of this yeah. scenario. Because it really just leaves Tim and Al, you know, together to to deal with what's going on. Well, Eileen gets up and says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And Jill says, I'll come with you. And then Tim gets up and says, yeah, you know what? I'm going to come, too. And they, <laughs> and they say, Tim. So Tim is stuck Tim yeah. doesn't want to be in this. Tim doesn't was- wanna be and that's kind of another Tim- problem with like leaving him to be the one responsible to do it. Yeah. Luckily that's not exactly what happens, but yeah. Um this is where we get the kind of rehash of overactive glance where a woman in a more slinky dress comes over to ask Al for um an autograph uh, her, her dress just goes down the stairs just relying on <laughs> momentum uh <laughs> it's weird it's very see-through I, I, I know i know it can't it's, be comfortable it, no i could not it would probably a lot of pinching <laughs> um but yeah she comes over to al yeah and asks for an autograph uh my well no. no she asks for help with her shoe oh her shoe that's right yeah, yeah. so the heel on her shoe is broken so the hill on her shoe is broken. She says, "I you know, it seems like you know I read about you in the magazine. I feel like you you could be the person to help me." Number nine, Mister Fix It. Yes, and he he comes out of his pocket with a little tool toolkit for this. Well, hey, now we don't know the size of his tool. Okay. <laughs> well, relative to a, relative to a normal toolkit, <laughs> okay. Uh, he comes out of his pocket with a totally respectably sized toolkit, and <laughs> and uh, this woman sits down in Eileen's chair and puts her foot up in uh, in Al's lap. And says, "Oh, you have a beautiful foot. Interesting, interesting <laughs> comment to make there, Al. Google, you, you're basically beating Google to its automatic predictive uh, search <laughs> whenever you look for a woman's name. I also seem to remember a GIF we recently came across. Oh, you thought of that too, did you? <laughs> maybe that's maybe that maybe he was shooting this episode when he did that. The wall bunion remover, where <laughs> he just holds a woman's foot and says, 'Beautiful.' Uh, it's a, you know, in beautiful. in stereo." <laughs> Uh, You have a beautiful foot and a lovely knee and a wonderful thigh. And Tim just goes, don't go any higher, Al. <laughs> uh, and I looked away to take a note. How does she fall out of her chair? Well, Eileen, then Eileen and Jill come back as he's got this lady's long stocking leg in his lap. And they react and Al sees them. And basically he kind of like just tosses her leg out of his lap. And she falls over backwards in her yep. chair and onto the ground. And her shoe goes flying into the air. And as it comes down, it cracks the screen. Oh, no. And we're left with a stiletto heel pointing right at her faces. and uh, Just like in barbed wire. On the bottom of that heel, there's a little tiny thing. And if we zoom into it, we're into character actor corner. Wow, it was hidden in her shoe the whole time. <laughs> the, 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 the character actor corner was coming from inside the shoe. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a packed one, guys. Um, Packers! <laughs> I don't know what I'm we're, doing. We're I going- edit that out. We're going back to um, the audience from Tool Time, yes, all the way through this woman. So there's a lot of character actors to cover here. Are you ready, sir? Because we're going to do lightning rounds of um, uh, our metagame. Were they on ER as well? Okay, perfect. Okay, so first character actor is brought to us by Mason Whitlark, uh, and it her name is Jolie Jakunas. Yes, I may be pronouncing that. With a little more chutzpah than I need to. Uh, she is in some... She seems to be more into video game voice acting. Uh, she was in a... Her first film was called The Dead Next Door. Hmm. Which I have had on my list to watch for a while. It looks like a really shitty Castle Freak ripoff. Ooh, nice. (laughs) Does it rip off any other things in the process? (laughs) That I can't say until I actually see The Dead Next Door. Um... So, she was also in another horror film called Bow Shall Not Kill, Except. Ooh, that's a good title. (laughs) Uh, Does not say if she's still acting or not. Her last credit was in 1998 for Sports Night. Oh, okay. Well, then it seems, I'm going to say no to ER. Okay. You are correct. She was not on ER. Nice. Keep going. Okay. Next up, we have Dorothy Brooks. And this character actor is brought to us by Cheyenne. I said the name right. You, finally, man. Millionth <laughs> times the charm. Uh, Dorothy Brooks, I'm going to ask you to play the metagame first. Okay. Dorothy Brooks was on ER. Her only credit is for home improvement. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I literally have no other information about her. Just a beautiful woman they pulled off the street. Yes. So thank you, Cheyenne, uh, for Dorothy Brooks. Next up is Cecily Adams. Brought to us by, uh, we're we're doing a lightning round of sponsors and everything here, Uh, Michael. Michael V.S. She was not on ER. Cecily was not on ER. Perfect. Perfect. You're right. Perfect. But she is best known from uh, Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Which is kind of the ER of space. She played uh, Ishika. Do you know that? Character? Are you familiar with Deep Space Nine? I, I I've, I'm not a niner. I've never seen that show. <laughs> okay. Uh, she plays one of these these characters, which I seem to to know just from pop culture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I don't you, like. Oh, Ferengi. Ferengi. Yeah. yeah. Ferengi. Yeah. yeah. She plays a Ferengi. Um. I don't know how we would recognize her then. <laughs> uh. She's done a number of other things as well. How about that? We're gonna just. How about that? <laughs> She's in a show called... Oh, she was on Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, okay. And she was on that 80s show, if you remember that. I, I remember the promos for that that aired for a very brief time because that show got canceled quickly. <laughs> it did. 13 episodes. But then she was also, after that, on that 70s show. Oh, okay. How yeah. about that? No, how about that? So lightning round, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so so lightning fast here. Yeah, We're just going to keep moving forward to Margaret Fitzgerald is our next one brought to us uh, by Spencer... Tk, So ah. thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Spence. Um, I'm going to say no to ER. No to ER. She is best known for The Twilight Zone and a little movie called Christmas with the Cranks. Ah, okay, so she's uh, in the Tim Allen-verse. Apparently, yes. Uh, she doesn't have very... Oh, shoot. She, oh, uh, yes. You know why. Why? Uh, her other credit here is... Uh, Tim Allen's wife. Oh, the, the, okay, sorry. I, I'm, I'm reading as we're doing this. This is live, folks. This is great. So <laughs> Super, many so many editable moments. The reason that she's in Christmas... She's not in Christmas with the Cranks. She's Miscellaneous Crew. Oh. Because on Joe Somebody, the other Tim Allen movie, and Christmas with the Cranks, she was Mr. Allen's assistant. Oh, dear. But she was an actress in uh, the Twilight Zone movie where she played young girl at Nightmare of... At 20,000 feet. My and, favorite segment of that. Cool. And she didn't get her head chopped off. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, next up, Rose Portillo. Brought to us by uh, TJ. Thank you, TJ. No to ER. She was not on ER. Nice. But uh, she was on Cagney and Lacey, just like our our last actress, um, in a quite a long run. She did there. She was on New Heart. She goes back quite quite a quite a ways. Uh, she unfortunately passed... Oh, no, she didn't pass away. Another one passed away. Oh, God. <laughs> she was in The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, which I stand by. Mm-hmm. People hate that movie. Um, she was also in Where the Buffalo Roam. Oh, yeah, the Hunter S. Thompson, Bill Murray movie. The Bill yeah. Murray one. And uh, best known for Zoot Suit, where she played Della. Ah. Next up, uh, Sonia Jackson... She, uh, was from Jurassic Park. Oh. Three. Oh. Uh, Speed. Two? Or just... Oh, okay. So so she was was in one good 90s (laughs) movie. Uh, Death Becomes Her. Okay. Which, uh, that's a big movie of my childhood. Uh, was she on ER? No. You are incorrect. Oh, fuck! (laughs) I thought that going no on these was gonna be the way. (laughs) Ah, shit. She was on one episode in 2004 where she played a character named Ruthie Norton, uh, She seems to be pretty prolific as well. She's still working. uh, There's the P word. The P word. Sonya Jackson. Next up. Rachel Staub. I say Staub because it has two A's in it. Mm. (laughs) That's the right reaction to Mm, that. That's mildly interesting. (laughs) Uh, This woman has a very special credit to me. Where she played Sue Storm. In, in the shitty Fantastic Four? In the very first Fantastic Four. The one who Maria Bamford's character on Arrested Development is <laughs> yes, based on. Yes, okay. exactly. All right, yep. all right, this is good. The, the Fantastic Four film that was made purely because they had to retain the rights, Fox had to retain the rights to make it uh, again in the future. If it, 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 you know, they didn't make it within a certain period of time, they would have uh, relinquished the rights back to Marvel. Thus, we got this Fantastic Four movie that got buried, but it is bootlegged. All over the place at comic conventions. The the first in a long series of shitty Fantastic Four movies that continue to this day. <laughs> uh, she was also in one of Sandra Bullock's first films called Love Potion Number 9. Oh. And uh, she is still acting to this day. Was she on ER, though, is the question of the moment. No. Uh... I- Forgot that you can't edit out. <laughs> Pauses here. Oh come on! She was not. You're uh, right. You're okay, correct. okay. Back on track. Back on track. We have one more actress. Okay, that you may you you may know. Mm. She was in the audience. She was in the front row of the audience. Was she in the Hudsucker Proxy? I don't believe so. Uh, that was right when she was coming into her own. Lucy Liu. <gasps> that was Lucy Liu. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> she was in Kill Bill. I, have you heard of that? I, yeah, I think I've heard of that. <laughs> she was in the Charlie's of Angels. Y- yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, I forgot she was in Chicago. Interesting. Uh, you might I think know she was her. One of the Cell Block Ladies. Most yeah. recently from Elementary. I yes. Where I, she plays uh, Watson, I guess. Uh, I haven't seen that show. I nor have I. Nor have I. Interesting. Uh, do you remember? Do you recall whether or not she had a stint on ER? Yes, she did. Are you guessing, or are you saying that with any? Uh, I'm guessing i'm pretty sure she was i'm thinking of gray's anatomy uh she was on er fuck yes <laughs> you got it sir uh i feel good about myself there i feel good i did pretty well lucy lou oh, oh i think i skipped a skipped one for our patrons but uh that loops back to mason whitlark thank you again for sponsoring uh character actor corner for this week that was a long one that was that was gone let's slam the door nail it shut and uh and and keep going a lot of character actresses but lucy lou yeah. is one of the women in the audience asking al these questions so she actually got some good lines <laughs> i agreed so okay we are back uh the the girl has just fallen off the chair eileen has just come back from the bathroom with jill and uh, the woman jumps up al and like she she it turns out her name is christine Al says, oh, Christine, this is Eileen. Eileen is my friend. I I mean, my good friend. I mean, my girlfriend. Yeah. And... Oh, God, that broke my heart a little bit. It's pretty rough. Al goes from zero to shittiest boyfriend in the world really quick. All that exposure to Tim is help. (laughs) So Eileen leaves and Al follows her out trying to get her to come back. On his way out the door... Like all these women all night have been going, Hi Al, hi Al, hi Al. On his way out the door, a man goes, Hi Al. And <laughs> the audience goes, Ape shit. Like, this is the edgiest shit you have ever heard. Like, people are like tearing up their seats and setting fire to the drapes. It... Meanwhile, um, I think aired very roughly around this time, within, you know, a year or two, uh, Frazier did an episode where he had a dream about Gill. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, that's also when he has the dream about him and Sigmund Freud in bed. Yes, right. Yeah, right. That's yeah, how yeah. the the episode ends. But yeah. uh, that was a pretty. I mean, when you're comparing <laughs> edginess, I feel like that that Frasier episode because it, it handles it in a very like decent way of like I I maybe I need to explore my sexuality. Yeah, you know. Well, I feel like Frasier is a little better adjusted than <laughs> than Tim and Al probably. Okay. Uh, so. Anyway, so the, we go to commercial off this hilarious, hilarious yeah, joke that the, a gay guy exists. The <laughs> just his pure existence. Uh, the article, the number nine Mr. Fix It article floats into the world and a bunch of Beatles fans run after it. That's the transition we get to The Void. Yeah. Where later, at still at the restaurant, Tim is eating a butter chip oh god which is gross he and he says oh, i'll kind get some more butter and the audience reacts to this almost as loudly as they did to the, to the existence <laughs> of that of that gay guy um jill comes back in and says oh they're fighting outside but i just you know i, I don't know like see I, it, yeah but they're fighting i don't know what to do about it mm-hmm. and uh tim says well you know look it's al's getting attention from women for the first time in his life this is normal Jill says, it's not normal to flirt with other women on your 15-month anniversary, and Tim says, it's not normal to celebrate a 15-month anniversary, (laughs) which I don't normally agree with him, so I feel like I have to highlight where I do... I think that's a little excessive. It, yeah, it can be a bit Because it's much. just coming right after the one year. Yeah, you're really just looking for an excuse. To... It's the same thing with babies. I, I mean, I understand that there's a certain, like, you need to, to keep up with in, in terms of, like, what you need to give them at certain periods. Like Yeah, and benchmarks for learning and stuff. But there's, like, don't make me do math when you tell me your baby's 18 months old. <laughs> Like, to me, that equates to three years. I, I don't know what that means. Tell tell the baby it's 18 months <laughs> old and let it do the math and make it a baby genius. Uh, so, Al returns and tells them that Eileen left in a taxi. Yeah. Jill is, is saying that Al, well, of course, you know, you need to go after her. You should be ashamed of yourself for what you're doing, you know. Al says, well, I don't I don't want to leave. Basically, Tim gets crossways with Jill on this and is taking Al's side. Yeah. And then Jill is telling Tim, like, no, you don't mean that. And Tim says, oh, okay, what do I mean? What do you want me to tell Al? <laughs> uh, I wasn't really taking close notes on this section. There's yeah. a lot of back and forth. One thing that happens as this is happening is that in the background, the guy who said hi to Al gets up and leaves the restaurant with a woman. So... I just want to say in the interests of – I feel like bisexual people often get kind of overlooked and it's oh, just okay. assumed that, oh, they're gay or they're lesbian or they're straight based on who they're with. So, hey, you know what? Buy visibility. Hey, good for you, dude. Here you go. Be you. Uh, well, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think you're also making an assumption that uh, – it's not his sister or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're ignoring the, the multitude of dynamics just like every woman who's walking up to Al in this scene okay fair although i'm also saying yeah and i guess i'm also ignoring the fact that he's presumably on a date with this woman and then hitting on a man leaving the rest. okay so yeah yeah. and i think he is sitting with a man when he has his line so they probably swapped out well there's a woman next to him who's out of frame and oh god okay let's let's go to the tape and if you can see here at frame 333 uh so yeah to the left yeah (laughs) <laughs> thank you for catching my jfk reference uh so the, yeah a lot of back and forth um mm-hmm. and finally you know finally basically jill says tells tim you need to tell him that i, I don't even remember how she phrases it but but yeah. tim says you you think that being every you think that you want me to tell al that being wanted by every woman in detroit is a bad thing you want me to say that to al with a straight face?" Yeah. And he tries to do it, and he can't. He starts laughing, yeah. and he, his argument to Jill is like he's just acting like a normal guy. He's living out every guy's fantasy, and then it's yeah. a backtracking. Yeah. Every single guy's fantasy, because when you're married, you can devote all your time to a, a wife. Ha ha! I'm crying on the inside. We're all, supposed your, to all your dreams with die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Al, he's not sure that he wants to go after Eileen. He, yeah. This is the first time in his life that he's had this sort of attention, um, which I don't think is exactly true, but at least filtered through, you know, uh, verification of a magazine. I mean, really, women in this show throw themselves at Al at every (laughs) opportunity. I mean, women really like Mm -hmm. him. Like, he's got, he has the, he has a a devoted, beloved fan club, you know, and in pretty much every episode where there's a beautiful woman, she is talking to Al. (laughs) He's spending, you know, Lisa was staying the night at his place. Oh, yeah. Look, look, on and on. The laundry list is long. Because Al has lots of flannel that needs to get washed. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jill's point is you need to, uh, he, she's saying this to Tim, you need to tell Al that Eileen is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Yeah. Um, which is uh, kind of diminutive, in my opinion, to say something like that. But we get a, uh, a uh, what I thought was a didgeridoo, was not. It was a didgeridoo don't. It was a didgeridoo <laughs> don't assume that it was every a, long horn is Australian. Apparently an alpenhorn. horn. Yes. Um, an Al penhorn <laughs> that Al Penhorny falls <laughs> from the top of the void Hitting into the scene him. and uh the wilson scene assembles itself in front of our eyes yes uh mark goes out back to talk to wilson as he is tooting his horn um there's a scene with randy there asking him what's up and then randy leaves <laughs> uh, but Mark pops up over the over the fence, tells him about his uh, uh, most interesting person in the world article, and Wilson comes up to the fence, and kind of it got me because Wilson is like, "Oh, Wolf, oh that's very sweet of you, neighbor." Yeah. Like he seemed genuinely excited about well, this. Yeah, and so he starts talking about his dinner with Einstein, and uh, then uh, you know talks about some of the other theories that Einstein shared with him. He says, "You know, Mark, are you familiar with photons?" And he says, "Oh yeah, I slept on one at my friend Jimmy's house." <laughs> Good line, solid line I like that. Uh, but as he's starting to talk about this, you know, physics Mark's, stuff, yeah. yeah, Mark's eyes start to glaze over, and uh, Wilson goes, well, you know, Mark, what is it that you're interested in, actually? And Mark, in a, I would almost say, if this was the WWE, that this was a heel turn, <laughs> because none of this aligns with anything we know of Mark at this point. Mark pulls out a folding chair, and he <laughs> hits Wilson in the head with it. <laughs> he goes, I'm interested, you know, in cars, tools, sports... And cue Tim to come out back, and Wilson's like, You know, I think you should be talking to your dad instead of me. You have. You live next door to someone who had dinner with Einstein, (laughs) and you're going to talk to your idiot dad. It just. Why did Tim need this win? Why did Tim (laughs) need this? He was a man who was in the military in Borneo, who got married in the rainforests, Yeah, uh, who has a rainforest room in his house filled with tropical birds. (laughs) He has a uh, ritualistic circumcision mask. Yeah, he, uh, let's see, he he cooks crickets and eats them. He eats the weirdest shit (laughs) in the world. Yeah uh i don't buy this for a second yeah he brews tea out of bees i will tell you the one thing that i did like what did you like is that tim when uh mark starts asking him you know questions about you know whatever the, this his... amazing plumber that yeah. tim knew once no it's felix the plumber oh oh okay yeah felix which is a character on this show we've uh, seen uh, multiple times so they do that level of background work, but they don't have it be the same Detroit-centric <laughs> glossy feature magazine. Like, they can't keep those two—the one that Jill worked at for, like, two seasons. So they can't keep character intentions straight. I mean, Mark is taking a, a massive turn here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Tim is talking about the plumber and his uh, uh, theory of uh, clogativity. Yeah. And we cue a toilet-fleshing transition. Yep. As yep. we go to the set of Tool Time— where Tim is putting together the project for the day. Yeah. Uh, and Al comes in. He's just bought a cell phone, which he keeps in a leather cell phone holster at his side. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool. And he's ex- excited about how many women are coming after him. They're just they're coming out of the woodwork. Uh, he says, you know, yesterday when I got home, two women were waiting for me in my parking garage. Twins. And Tim goes, well, maybe they're looking for a place to park, Al. And Al goes, they were looking to park, Al. <laughs> Which, Apparently, park is different than slam. I I the, guess the slang has just changed all all over the place. In this moment, in this scene where Al is is all excited about all these women coming after him, he's basically Sam on Cheers. <laughs> and Sam also wears a fair amount of flannel. Yeah, but Sam knows it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sam is much better at it, and he can he can own it. Yes. Oh, he can. Also, Sam is his whole deal is he's not in a committed relationship to right. someone. So yeah, yeah. Uh, compulsively. So yeah. What's up? No, no, no! I was just waiting for a second because I, I heard, I heard the building shift briefly, as and I was like, "Wait, is an earthquake starting?" <laughs> uh, and I realized, well, we're recording live, and this won't get edited out, so I guess I'm just gonna save it in here. <laughs> and thus we kept it in. Uh, so Tim starts to talk. To, this is another example again of Tim just wanting to get on with the prep for the show because any problem that isn't his doesn't. He he wants to pretend like he is so interested in the actual projects when uh it's other people's problems so he doesn't have to address them when al is uh when when like when al isn't being responsible tim has to be responsible because otherwise the show doesn't happen like (laughs) you know only only when al is focused is tim free to do his own thing and tim talks sense into al somehow yeah i mean i i don't i mean i i witnessed the scene i watched it i took notes I still don't fully understand how he's able to make Al understand while still retaining his pigheadedness. You know, he does a pretty good job. I mean, I give Tim some snaps for the way he handles this scene. He first points out, look, did you actually read that magazine article? Because they put an extra zero on your salary by mistake. Now, I also don't know, like, Al Al was surprised that this feature even existed. He didn't know about it. Which seems kind of brazen for a magazine to publish that. I mean... Yeah, to, I mean, even if... Like, how many magazine profiles have you read of someone where it says, by the way, he makes $73,000 a year or something like that? <laughs> like, like, so A, that the, the magazine just publishes this without Al even knowing or interviewing him. Yeah. And that B, they feel it's necessary to state explicitly how much money he makes. And C, that he didn't read the whole article, which is weird. If there was an article... Uh, if there was like a two-paragraph article all about me and how sexy and great I was, I would memorize that shit. I, would, I, w- I wouldn't would, just like, oh, wow, these first couple sentences are great. I'm going to save the rest. I'm going to read one word uh, every Christmas for the rest of my life just to make it last. I, uh, You know, we have a website. I might put up a, a blog article about you. Oh, well. And then you're going to have to memorize it. And then I'm going to test you on it. Then I have to go to our website. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to is- remem- uh, 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 www.pornhub.com No! <laughs> it's live! <lying! laughs> uh, so Anyway, uh, but he So he says that, and then Al Gets really down in the dumps because he realizes that All these women are gold diggers because they aren't Messing with any broke African Americans <laughs> And, uh, he He, and Al says, uh, Tim Says to Al, well look, they picked you for a lot of reasons Besides that typo. You're a hardworking guy You're <laughs> handsome Uh and but then then Tim Tim does the Mortal Kombat fatality of really good <laughs> um, really seriously good lines to turn uh, turn Al around. He says, "Look, there's one woman out there who's always thought you were sexy, and she didn't have to read about it in a magazine." Aww, <laughs> there you go. We didn't even need to edit that into it, to get it at the same time. No. And she, Al, this gets through to Al. Yeah. And he's like, "God damn it, motherfucker, you're right." Yeah. And he, he whips his dick out and just. <laughs> i don't know why he does that i would edit that line out if i could <laughs> and uh he just rushes out of the studio saying hey do you can you give me another 10 minutes i don't know he doesn't give a duration he but... says can you finish setting oh yeah can you can you set up today and tim says I, I already am Or like can you set up alone today and tim says i already am setting up alone today <laughs> for the first time in your fucking life too. yeah Calm down. yeah why don't you yeah take <laughs> work for once yeah but uh al rushes off to um eileen's office the orthodontist room yeah is that what you call it that oh. is the orthodontist's room the <laughs> orthodontist shack uh where he rushes in to see eileen and she's just finishing up with the patient who yeah. uh you know leaves with her daughter now tightening up some braces oh my god that made my teeth hurt i know right that's bad bad thing to remember had them for eight years. Yeah. Oh, God, eight years. I had them for, like, two or three. Oof. Bad stuff. Yeah, bad I, had, stuff. I had bad teeth. Uh, I still do. They look fine. I don't ever open my mouth. <laughs> He's communicating telepathically with us. <laughs> uh, but, well, no. So he, Al comes into the waiting room, says he wants to speak to Eileen. Oh, she's tightening some braces. In the background of this scene, as he walks in, beautiful woman sitting in the background, yep. long legs, etc., all of that. Uh, Al, and I see her, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's the thing. He's going to this woman's going to be coming on to Al and he's going to rebuff her and then he's going to turn around and Eileen was watching and that's what does it but instead Eileen comes out of the back room like 2 seconds after the the receptionist says that she's back there and um you know uh, uh Eileen sends uh, this little girl who she's been working on out of the room and the, the little girl goes over to the beautiful woman as Al and Eileen are talking we get a separate shot of the beautiful woman leaving the room with her daughter and that's it that's it for them I don't know why we why this woman was here what purpose she served well the daughter has to get home somehow I guess but I just don't know why I, I don't it seemed like there was I think there's a very me. there's a thematic thing going on underneath the surface here of Al actually turning his back to beauty uh, mm-hmm. after learning his lesson mm-hmm. he, he no longer acknowledges when uh, temptation is in the room with him oh okay it's symbolic oh I see I see okay. you know I'm not as much of a film auteur as you are I don't, I don't see these things uh, so then uh, you know he apologizes to her he says he was a total uh, dorkus Malorcus, and <laughs> she uh, agrees that in fact he was a dorkus Malorcus. but uh, he eventually says well listen eileen detroit's sexiest bachelor would like to be with detroit's sexiest orthodontist and at this point i'm thinking well when he says detroit's Sec- like Sexiest Bachelor like He's saying it so carefully I'm like, oh shit, he's going to get down on one knee And pull a ring out of his pocket <laughs> Detroit's- I thought the line was going to be Detroit's sexiest bachelor, down on one knee Doesn't want to be a bachelor anymore Crowd goes, woo <laughs> Grunt creep is like crying in the oh, corner and He doesn't like- have any eyes Well, I know, that's what makes it so weird Well, he's- that's not true He has one big eye Improvement Oh god, how did I not get that? <laughs> oh language is supposed to be my thing um but anyway yeah so so he just basically says yeah let, hey you know how we're dating let's keep dating <laughs> yeah exactly and they do they keep dating uh, and he gets a call from tim on his cell phone which he pulls out of the massive pouch on his <laughs> on his at his hip and he says uh you know tim is saying like al we need you we need you to do the show and uh he says i'll be right there he hangs up and he turns to her and says, Tim needs me. And he dips her and kisses her and then runs out the door like a superhero. <laughs> and I can see how that would be funnier at the time when not many people had cell phones. So yeah. it was kind of like a superhero-y thing to do to get a call and yeah. leave. And, uh, yeah, I guess much more um, thematic or uh, theatrical than a pager. Yes, true. <laughs> Hold on, I'm getting a page. Do you oh. have a phone? <laughs> it's got 911 in it. It must be important. <laughs> uh. Anyway, that is the end of the episode. We come back to our stinger where Tim is back helping Mark with a math problem. And uh, Mark tricks – it's a money problem this time. Yeah. Sam and and somebody else. uh, Charlie, I guess. Diane. (laughs) Where he's like, okay, uh, Sam starts out with $8 and he gives uh, Charlie 50%, blah, 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 blah. Mark makes out with $8. And I wondered whether or not this was a – Actual trick that Mark was playing, or if it was in the textbook, and it's if it's the former, why only go for eight bucks? Yeah, like like, yeah, like he tricks (laughs) he tricks Tim into like, oh, let's use real money for the object lesson, and then he walks off with it. He also (laughs) just goes like, okay, cool, thanks, Dad, and he walks up upstairs with the money. It's like, okay, Mark, but like you you live in his house, (laughs) like like it's not like like, as long as it's just a con game on the street, like (laughs) this is gonna come back on you. (laughs) Uh, and that's the end of the episode. Did we not cover anything? Nope. Okay. Nope. We got everything. Then, uh, that money that Mark is counting, those, yeah. those dollar dollar bills. Money. Do you see what's on the the front of it? It's not George Washington. Uh, is it? Uh, is it? Is it, uh, is it uh, Harriet Tubman? At it's, long last. It's not Harriet Tubman at long last. It's uh, the grunt count. Uh? Oh God, the grunt count <laughs> <laughs> brought to us by John V. 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 So uh, my guess. Yeah. Yes. Big big fat zero. Yeah, so so he he basically got away with no money because it's it's zeros on all of those dollar bills. Oh, yeah, okay. the grunt count is zero. Tim makes a noise that could be construed as a grunt, but it's not a Tim grunt. It's more just like, oh, like he's oh. it's like a, a dis, it's a disappointed sound that is not like I could count that as a grunt, but it's not. There's a difference between a grunt and a distressed exhale yeah it's like when when everyone on the show just all the women in the audience just want to talk to al uh tim kind of goes uh like that it's, yeah it, but it's not that's not a grunt i, I back well, you on this I, i've listened to a lot of fucking grunts yeah. over the past 100 episodes i know what they are this was not <laughs> one of them uh you also set the criteria for it so yes um, the criteria collection <laughs> uh better than the grunt collection um okay well that's the grunt count for this week which we appreciate. Well it's it's a wonder that we keep doing the grunt count when there is so little to, you know. <laughs> it's like the night's watch, just uh, just no no night walkers out the there. The second that we stop is when the the army of the dead are going to come and invade and blow our uh, wall our ice wall with a dragon breath is that i watched game of thrones and i've retained nothing yeah i know well now that the show's <laughs> over it's just slipped out of us it really has yeah well you know we're the watchers on the wall dude and now our watch begins <laughs> this is we can't take a wife or hold any lands um okay so here's the thing uh, thank you we don't have uh tweet time this week or next uh just want to throw that out there so no editing means that we can't edit in the tweets. It doesn't mean that they aren't coming in the future. Uh, just with what's uh, the way that we're orchestrating things. There's no tweet time this week. So we're going to go straight into the outro. Oh, um, is that OK? with you? No, no, it's fine. I was just like, <laughs> do you want me to bullshit? Somewhere? No, no, no don't bullshit anymore. <laughs> My God, the, the human body cannot take more <laughs> bullshit. Uh, so then we're going to actually attribute the outro to our patron sponsor uh, who had tweet time. John S. Thank you, John. Thanks, John from Scotland. Ah, yes, John the Scot. Aye. I... That's that's <laughs> offensive. I'm sorry. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> I think it would be offensive if it was more recognizable what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Hey, you know what? Hey, Gabagool. Am I right? Hey, oh, I'm sorry. That's me. Hey, Haggis. <laughs> Which is actually pretty good. Okay. i uh... actually. I. It's uh, the antithesis of what your whole thing is about. I get. Do it. they have vegetarian haggis? They do. Oh, okay. uh, No, it's I've a, it's a that. thing. Yeah, it's all the spices, but, but none of the disgusting stuff. But when you forget about the disgusting stuff, it's actually pretty tasty. It tastes like chorizo, another thing you don't oh. eat, but I'm telling all no. of you listeners. But I tell you, uh, there's a restaurant near me that does a vegetarian sausage patty that tastes a lot like chorizo, and I like it a lot. That probably tastes a lot like vegetarian haggis. Okay, then I can say that I've had vegetarian haggis. John S, you're welcome. I'm just basically a <laughs> cultural ambassador for Scotland right now. <laughs> One step away from Tim making fun of Godzilla. If you enjoyed today's show, you realize that Scotland <laughs> is mostly white people, right? Like I can do I can do goofs on them, and it's not problematic. Now, if I was Japanese and making fun of Scotland, I don't know. I still think it, no, it's no, it's a lot structures. of murky areas that I don't want to get into with a live episode. Welcome to systemic racism work. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed today's show and uh you wanna contribute you wanna help us to we you wanna help us help you enjoy content Cons- unedited <laughs> unfiltered content like this <laughs> consider becoming an official grunthead neighbor or al pal over at our patreon and and when you do that when you get in on the patreon game when Tell you me. start throwing your your hard earned disposable income at us. What we throw back at you is, among other things, our uh, supplemental podcast, Gruntwork Work Nights. Yeah. A bonus podcast that is about anything but the TV series Home Improvement. It's true. We talked recently about UFOs. And aliens. We did a live stream. Yes, so actually, even if you don't throw money at us, you might have seen that. (laughs) Uh, No, we have talked about embarrassing moments from our childhood. We have talked about rules we've broken. We have talked about movies we like. We do that a lot on this show, too. (laughs) Uh, We have talked (laughs) about... But there's no Home Improvement to get in the way of those. Yeah, exactly. If you like our tangents, you'll like that show. Also, if you like only foam in your beer, (laughs) (laughs) if... uh, Uh, Your money will also help us to do special episodes, like at the end of the season, I can confirm, we will be doing the Power Tool Pursuit SNES game as a special episode. Wait, this is a surprise to me too, did we buy, did we find it? Well, it exists in the world, and we have the funds now to be able to afford it. We are we are going to national treasure this shit. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go to South America and fill a bag with sand, approximating I mean, the weight of the. I don't the have a passport. Cartridge. It's gonna be a lot easier to just go on eBay. Uh, well, I have a passport, so <laughs> okay, I, I well, will Then go. you're going on a solo voyage. I will. I, I look. I will travel <laughs> with that red line. <laughs> Like like Kermit the Frog in the Muppet Babies episode where they do a joke about Indiana Jones where he's just sitting on a uh, red line. And they use that in the opening theme credits for that show. Uh, if you want to help others find grunt work proper, yes. you can leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher or Apple Podcasts, which is where I think the most people tend to find things. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that for sure but yeah. uh you know i got to see numbers before i make that kind of call yeah i don't know i don't have those numbers in front of me you don't you don't want to just pop gonna speculate off. yeah yeah and if you and you can also leave a review of us at apple records and they'll be like hey we're mainly the beatles <laughs> stuff i don't know why you're talking about this podcast uh but maybe they'll distribute our, our stuff well okay what will uh apple records or apple podcast uh give these people if well i can't say that they're going to we'll give it to you if you do it through them tell them what they get they get a dozen Fresh oysters, hand-shucked, air-mailed to you, uh, probably take four to eight weeks. Um, so you you want to exercise caution and your better judgment before you pop those babies in. But uh, it's the thought that counts, you know? Gross. You can stop by on <laughs> Twitter or Instagram to say hi, uh, or you can find us at Pod, And uh, you can also find information on today's show on our website. Which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. It's like I know it's coming the second I say it. It's only been 100 fucking episodes. (laughs) Uh, While you're on our website, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to get awesome uh, trivia. You can get uh, the synopsis of today's episode. That's great. You get the grunt count hint. That's also great. I'm running out of titles that have to do with the number zero. Yeah. uh, So this show better change pretty soon. (laughs) Um. And until next time, when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, And remember, if your podcast doesn't have that sweet, musky smell, then it's clearly not grunt work. <laughs> it's fucking silly, man. It was. I liked it, though.